So I am Mark Buckner. And then I, how many of you have to spell your names out anytime you're doing something on a telephone? You've got to have this whole thing, you know. I think if you're not a Jones or a Smith, you're doing some kind of a orientation of explanation. You know, what, who am I talking to here? So I say, I'm Mark Buckner, B-U-C-K-N-E-R. And um, uh, my wife Susan and I have been privileged. We've been in Boston for five years, a little over five years now. We lived in Indonesia for 10 years. Before that, raised our children over there. So we feel like we are, uh, we are strangers and aliens in this world, aren't we? We are just passing through this life. But we have the privilege of being a part of this community right now. Every one of us, if you were, whether uh, you're a, a Hell's Mortel and you were born in Boston, lived in Boston, you're going to die in Boston, you got property in Boston. <laughs> or you're someone that's, uh, that's just here for a, a season. We are privileged to be a part of what God is doing in the community. Michael's close. I'm, I'm just kind of focused on you lately. You're getting a lot of attention, so be blessed. <laughs> Today we're talking on, on this theme again on unchanging. This is unchanging, not fixed in the sense of hard and uh, not understanding, but unchanging, this permanent north star. He's the one that at any moment in time, we want to orient ourselves and say, who are we? Where are we? It's Jesus and his church. And we are in this season, every year, we're reminding ourselves, we're going back to, to foundations. Who are we? What do we believe? That's healthy for us who've been here a long time, as well as people that are brand new and saying, are you my people? Is this the community God wants me to throw in with? And we describe that vision in, in three pieces that are, that are really basic, that are what we call an unchanging vision, to love God, to share life, and to proclaim Jesus. And out of each one of those, the first week we talk about worship, loving God extravagantly, just being completely caught up in who he is, and sharing life. It's, that's the second commandment, loving your neighbor as yourself. Wow, that's challenging, right? That's where the rubber meets the road. It's when we're, we're taking all of this that we, we learn, and then we're forgiving and understanding. We're doing all the one another's of Scripture. The third thing that we're sharing about, focusing on today, is proclaiming Jesus. Now, why? Why are we talking about proclaiming Jesus? Because it's all about Jesus. <laughs> It's Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Give us a complex and diverse view of an understanding of this, this God who is relational, who is one and yet three. They're individual, but they're all God. There's a mystery there, and there's great revelation there. We're not to be afraid of, un- of diving in to this Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He proclaimed in himself, I am, he, I am God. And the Father and the Spirit agreed with him. 
An amazing revelation. Would you like to have one of these experiences like the, the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17? I just started reading this passage again and reflecting on it. Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up by a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. This is, okay, you're reading the Bible, and you're kind of going, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Then just wait a moment. Put yourself in Peter, James, and John's position. This is reality. This happened on earth. And boom, all of a sudden, this one that you adore, he's lighting up. His face is radiating. His clothes are shining white as, as light, white as the sun. Kind of freaking out. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. So they're, they're going, whoa, no, 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 what is going on? And Peter says, you know, in his uncomfortable, awkward way, trying to fill the space, you know, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And Peter gets interrupted by God on a regular basis, and he says, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud says... So the father is talking about Jesus. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. So we want to listen to Jesus. We want to focus on Jesus. We want to put him at the center. Colossians speaks of his magnificence, of his supremacy. The Son is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know, Jesus said himself, if you want to see the Father, look at me. The firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So, it is, it's just all about, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. You're the one we have this great affection for. You've captured our hearts. And we say, put more love for yourself in us. So when we're proclaiming Jesus, where does this fit into God's priorities? Well, it's one, two, three. It's the great commandment and the great commission. Great commandment, Matthew 22 37, it's other places in the Gospels as well, but right here we say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So it's loving God. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself, sharing life. And then we have what could be considered the, the third great commandment or the great commission, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. Jesus said to them, so this is him leaving earth, leaving this unique season where God himself is walking on earth, revealing the Father, revealing the work of the Spirit. And he says to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. 
and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So, love God, share life, and Jesus said, tell this story. Make disciples. Explain this. I love Nikki's story. What happened to her, and now how God's leading her in that next step. We love him. I, I really can't not talk about Jesus. If you scratch very deeply into my life, you know, it's, I'm, I'm one of these awkward people sitting next to on an airplane, you know. <laughs> Hi, what do you do? And I, you know, there's different times in my life where I try to curve that question around in different ways. You know, if I'm really tired, I say, I'm a Baptist evangelist. <laughs> you know, just throw down right there like, you want to do anything with that? But if I've had a little bit of rest, I, you know, I, I tease it out just a little bit. So, you know, I'm, I invent interesting ways of going that direction. But, uh, <clears throat> but in, in all of that, I, we're just ourselves, okay? And you're, you're your job, your, your position, your station, but I'm a follower of Jesus. I play hockey, but basically it's about Jesus. Looking at you, Gigi. And uh, which is pretty easy for her to do. It's like, you know, how'd that shot go in there? Well, Jesus, you know, and what'd you do here? It's like, well, it was Jesus. So it's all about Jesus. You know, I'm teaching. I am, I am, I'm working in my yard. But it's, he's created this for us to enjoy. That's why I put fertilizer on. I want it to grow more and I mow it. But it's all about Jesus. We just, we just can't not talk about him. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he talks about the concentric circles of this conversation. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So it's, it's just a, you know, it's the people right there around you. And then the, the people a little bit farther out, a little bit harder to get to. There's different ways of taking each one of these words, these, these geographic things, and talking about people that maybe are, you know, considered distant from you in some way. The opposing team. For him, Samaria is like, that's a, that's a cultural leap. And then the ends of the earth. And we're, this is what we do. We started as a movement before we planted churches, we sent out missionaries. It's kind of strange, but that's what happened. We sent, before, uh, it, was, it was a college ministry. It was just a bunch of students. It was, uh, at that point in time, we had about 200 students involved, and we sent missionaries for two years into Siberia. We did not know what we were doing. But God blessed that. And he expanded it. And over time, now they're in the Antioch movement. We've got uh, around 40 churches and, and more than 200 missionaries around the world. So we really believe when Jesus said go, he meant a change of location. That it involved a cost. It involved extending ourselves. Now... As I'm talking today, I have two different people in my mind. It's the person that's never heard this message before and the person that's heard it many times and needs 
to sharpen their, their tools just a little bit, okay? So I'm going to talk about how we do this right now. How do we proclaim Jesus? And I'm going to go through a list of four or five different things of, of, uh, of different ways that we approach this. Some of it will be a stretch for you, and some of it will be, yeah, 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 I know that. One of the phrases that we use is we say, this is relationship, brokenness, and restoration. God called us. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm talking to someone. They're saying, you know, I want to understand this. I want, you know, this, the God thing, Jesus, kind of heard about this. I, you know, it's been a part of, it's like I'm breathing this air, but I don't really get it, or I, or I feel really distant from this. And we say, well, let me break this down. God created you. He created everything. We go back to Genesis 1. And, uh, and it was for relationship. But I don't know if you've looked around lately, but we've kind of broken this thing. That started early on. The story in Genesis chapter 3 with Adam and Eve, where they chose, rather than walking with God and him providing all of their needs, they said, I'm going to try to create my own rules here. And that, that brokenness extended to everything in our lives and all of creation. But Jesus came, and his birth, his death, his coming to earth and living this life, dying on the cross, there was a full payment from, that God could only, himself only do, that opened us back up to restoring relationship. Now, I, I tried to do that. I spent 10 years of my life doing this in, uh, in a Muslim culture. And so I, it got a little more intricate for me. We did a thing called the camel method. And it was called the camel method because it originated, it originated in the Middle East. Amen. Was that a gust of wind? More, Lord. All right. <laughs> I have random songs that come up in my mind at various times of the day. I've got this Keith Green song. And your love broke through. So, amen. Bless you guys. All right, so here I am. Camels everywhere. Things busting through the window. We called it the camel method because what it... it it was just a, a title that referred to using the scriptures that Muslims honor and the, and the references that were there in the person of Jesus. Whoop! Good job, good job guys. So, uh, we use the Al-Quran. And there are amazing passages about Jesus in their scriptures. So, we took where they were and brought them along in steps to explain who Jesus was. So this is an apologetic method. I just throw a name out there for you. So I've talked about this relationship, brokenness, restoration. And this next one is apologetics. Now, there's a guy named Ravi, Ravi Zacharias. If you want to look him up on any question you have, I just put Ravi Zacharias and 
you know, where did frogs come from spiritually, you know, <laughs> whatever your question is, and there's something that comes up, amazing communicator, and uh, uh, so that's just one reference point. In my experience, apologetics are, uh, are for genuine seekers and for us. It's, it's not really uh, always the most effective thing front line to hit somebody with, but, it, but for people that are asking sincere questions, not to argue with people, but to draw in and say, you know, what does the passage really mean here? Another thing that I, has been a part of my life it's called, as a, as a way of communicating who Jesus is with people, is the Roman road. So what's the Roman road? It's out of the book of Romans. Paul wrote this amazing theological treatise that captures the grace of God and his plan uh, profoundly. And you can read this book maybe in 40 minutes or so. It's... It, uh, 16 chapters, but uh, certainly less than an hour, and you can get this whole picture. But I'm going to refer to a few scripture passages really quickly right now. The Roman road. Start off in chapter 1. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that were made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So with number one, we must acknowledge God as creator of everything, accepting our position in God's created order and purpose. So, you know, how do, what's the first step? Just recognizing who he is. And then the second step, Romans 3.23, all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. We must realize that we're all sinners. We have anybody that's sinned recently in this room? None of us are worthy. None of us have earned this by our own merit. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So if you, if you believe this, I just encourage you to stop thinking about curtains right now. And God gave the way for us to be forgiven of our sins. He showed us his love by giving us potential life through Jesus Christ. And then Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If we remain in our sin, we are separated from God eternally. We are choosing, when we choose Jesus, we take a step into eternity in this life. We have relationship. However, if, if we don't, if, if we stay in our sin, we are forever separated from God. But if we repent and accept Jesus, we have eternal life. Then Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. For the heart one believes in his righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Your words are connected to your will. You don't just think these things. 
You have to speak them out. You have to say, Jesus, I give you my life. Be my Lord. If we confess Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. And then Romans 10, 13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, save me. There are no other rituals or formal uh, formulas. Just call on the name of Jesus. Sometimes we're, we've spent seasons in our life searching. And, and you, you uh, uh, again, for each one of us in this room, you've heard it. Okay? And I encourage you to dive in to each one of these verses and, and to reflect on it. But take the time to begin to say, how can I communicate this to someone else? Another step in, in how we communicate is our personal testimony. So we understand we're, we're looking for different ways that we can communicate Jesus to others. And you get into a situation and you're thinking, I, I know answers. I know I forget there's this three thing that they talked about. I, it's, and there's nothing there. I'm blanking. The most significant thing you have to, is I once was blind and now I see. I was a mess, and God did something in me. I don't know that I can fully explain this, but your story is the most powerful thing that you have. So in my life, I, again, it's kind of, I can say, oh, I'm a pastor, yeah, 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 and then I say, no, wait a second, no, I, let me, can I just back up from that a little bit and just tell you a little bit about my life? I don't have it all together. I am... I've been all over the map and all these different things. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I started off, I'm a pastor's kid. I was in church, did all these things. But it didn't really click with me. I was even, I went down to the front. What we did in, in our uh, kind of the processes back then, after every service, it was just as I am. And you come down and you talk to somebody. If you haven't given your life to Jesus... Now, come down. There's just two more verses. Two more. Now, one more verse. Come down here. And one of those times I was grabbing a hold, like, oh, no. And I said, I'm next. I ran down to the front and uh, seventh grade and prayed with someone, filled out the forms. Next week, I got baptized. And, uh, you know, it's like they ask your name. They want all this information. That's good, you know. Are you a responsible member of community? These are my parents over here. I'm, I'm 12 years old. But, uh, but I did a typical thing. You know, went into high school, and I tried to figure out how chemicals affected my body. And, uh, you know, kind of an analytical process in all of that. A little strange, but I did that. And uh, good and immoral did did uh, immorality really well, and uh, got into college and, and said, what is this? Who am I? And I went through the whole process again, and I just saying, Jesus, save me from myself. I'm a mess. And I got baptized again. 
Some of you are afraid of baptism. I want to do it again. You know, is there anything? Give me, give me three of these things. You know, I, I want everything God has for me. In a couple of weeks, we're having baptism. It is not an obligation. It is a privilege. It is a joy. You want to have some people celebrate with you? We do baptism loud here. Because we are thrilled. No shame. Someone, some of you may say, I got baptized way back there when I was a kid, and it kind of didn't mean anything. It was what I did in college. It's like, it didn't really mean that much to me. I just want to say, Jesus is Lord all over again. And dive into whatever there is in, in responsiveness and obedience. So I met the grace of God in a fresh way. And after that, went through hard times. We had, uh, uh, we had sexual immoral failure in our pastor. We had uh, all kinds of disillusionment that I went through in my 20s. And I was so sick of myself again in that season. But I met the grace of God again and again and again. There's a song, it's just, uh, <laughs> I think it's relatively new, but it's certainly new to me. I never met a love like yours. I never met a love like yours. Oh, I never met a love like yours. Jesus. It's my story. Through every season of my life, you have been true. You've been the fixed point. And though I wander, you're, I come back to you. you. You have a hold of my life. And you draw me to yourself. This is... This is a spiritual thing. In John chapter 3, Jesus was talking with a, an important Jewish official who's sneaking around late at night. His name is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is coming up to him and saying, you've got some kind of connection with God. And Jesus just bottom lines him and says, you must be born again. It's one of those, there's different places in the scripture. People are going, you know, hamburgers, and Jesus says, you know, the, you know, galaxies. Like, they're going, you know, did you just hear what he said? But he went, he goes so deep in the situation. Basically, he's telling this religious person, it's not about all your systems and performance. There's something that has to happen in your spirit, inside of you. You must be born again. And he, he answers like, I, can't, I don't quite get that. Get back in my mother's womb? That's what he says. And Jesus says, no, the things that are born of the flesh are flesh. The things that are born of the spirit are spirit. We're talking about meeting Jesus. We're talking about a dramatic moment inside of you where... It's all brand new again. In chapter 4 of John, I love these vignettes where Jesus meets someone one-on-one. 
So he meets this woman at Jacob's well. All, you know, his disciples have gone in town to get hamburgers and french fries. And he's there out alone as this woman. And she does another, like a religious argument. And he says, worshipers, people that really, really worship God, they're doing it in the spirit. So there's something about this that I can't fully program for you. I can tell you, you must be born again. I can tell you that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, you'll be saved. But there's a, a spiritual thing that has to happen in your life. And I, and I want to invite you to do that right now. You know, this, this never gets old to me. And it's, it's the... This is... Uh, I remember one summer I was in Pennsylvania and I... I uh, working with some people and going into parks and things and, and talking to teenagers. I was only a couple of years older than them. But just talking about this simple truth and having a bunch of 15-year-olds with me out in the midday on a weekend say, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. They never met me before. This was a stranger coming in. But the words are true. And it's Jesus you're responding to. So if I want to invite anyone in here that it, and it, your will's involved. Your, your tongue is connected to this. You have to say it. You don't just think thoughts. But if you'd like to say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life, I just encourage you. And uh, We'll give a little bit of privacy here if you close your eyes. If you say, I want to do that. I, I've been around this thing, and I've been at different places. Or maybe I never have. Maybe this is brand new, but I want, I want this. And make Jesus Lord of your life. That means he is the center, not you. You believe he is who he says he is. He's creator God. He's the Lord, and we're lining up with him. And you believe who you are who you say you are, that you're a broken person that sins on a regular basis. It's just a part of your being, making choices that you're ashamed of. But you're turning from that and saying, I want you to live your life through me. If you want that, I just want you to you say, I want to make Jesus Lord. Would you put your hand up and just put it back down? Anyone in here want to make that choice this morning? Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's, oh, it's awesome. It's beautiful. Thank you, Lord. So here's what we're going to do. For those that responded, we're going to join along with them. And this prayer is simple. So proclaiming Jesus is, is uh, walking with someone. You need to know what to do. If they say, I want to follow Jesus, you need to be able to say something like this prayer. And I'm going to give it to you in phrases so that you can respond to it. Lord Jesus, I want to be honest with you right now. 
I'm a sinner and I've failed so many times. I need you. I recognize you are God. There's a, I recognize you as creator. And I want to confess you as Lord. Jesus, save me. Jesus, be my Lord. I give you my life. Now, fill me with your life. Live your life through me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If that's new for you, you need to tell somebody about it. You need to proclaim Jesus. And just take that, take a moment sometime in the next hour and say, something significant just happened. And I'm, I need to talk about this. And I want, us, I want us to all to stand right now. As the band comes up, My last point on proclaiming Jesus. <laughs> you're, awesome, you're awesome, Lord. It's beautiful. This is a holy moment. It's precious things, eternal things are happening. And again, those that responded, just I just want you to know people are really, really happy right now. The last thing about this um, proclaiming Jesus is that, in, in my experience, we, we did all of these different things and when I was in a, in a Muslim culture and connected with people. And we were trained up people. We had spent weeks doing trainings and days and traveled and all this stuff. And then we'd get, something would happen. Someone would get saved, and I'd say, what happened? And they'd say, well, I just prayed for them, and they got healed. And then they got saved. I said, okay, that was easy. Right. And I just, I went, and I, I took authority over this, the thing that was happening in life and cast out a demon. And they were, you know, that, that oppression, that whatever that, that thing was, it went away. And again and again, the majority of time when people's lives are changed is because of the power of God. So tell your story and pray for people. And expect him to come in power. And the Roman road is follow-up. The Roman road is the substance. It's the, it's the locking people into understanding and holding on to the scriptures of what, of what happened in their lives. But if you want fresh power, we're going to ask for that right now. You want power to be witnesses. You want, you're saying, I want something from heaven. My words are so limited. Jesus, we need you to work in my life. Then, then I, want, I want to pray for us. I'm praying for myself right now. If that's you, I need fresh power in my life. to be. I want to live this thing out, proclaiming Jesus. Then stick, your, stick two hands in the air. And start asking right now. Fill me with your power, Lord.
Give us power to be witnesses. Give this this strength and understanding, this, this noble expression of all that you are. Do something miraculous, Lord, so that they can know this is not man's wisdom. It's not just answering questions. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. We want your power. So let's just worship and we're, and keep asking. <laughs> it's coming down. Fresh life.